bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this bonus Ask an Expert episode, I'm joined by Dr. Alice Rudd, a general and cosmetic dermatologist affiliated with the Alfred Hospital and the Skin Health Institute. Dr. Rudd completed her medical degree at Monash University and completed her postgraduate dermatology studies through the Australasian College of Dermatologists. Having founded Skin Depth Dermatology six years ago, Dr. Rudd was our first port of call when it came to answering your questions on skincare during and after pregnancy. Away from our regular brand founder conversations, I am asked so many highly specific questions about the skin. Given that I am an educated consumer and by no means an expert, it would be unethical for me to even attempt to address those skin concerns, which is why I insist on taking them to a medical doctor. This Ask an Expert series gives you, the Glow Journal audience, unprecedented access to medical doctors, professors and dermatologists. And while this episode is sponsored by Candela Medical, doctors ethically have to remain completely objective in interviews like this. For this reason, this series is giving you, the listeners, completely unbiased expert answers to your most specific skin questions, questions that I cannot answer myself. As mentioned, this episode is sponsored by Candela Medical. However, all of Dr. Rudd's views are entirely her own. And as per any interview with a doctor, you will hear no specific product recommendations throughout the recording. Only generalized advice allowing you to make your own informed decisions. This conversation was recorded remotely, so for those who would prefer to read the answers to their questions, I've made the entire episode transcript available on glowjournal.com. To find this transcript, simply visit glowjournal.com and search Candela Medical. In this episode, we've taken the questions you asked about pregnancy skincare to Dr. Rudd. From why so many women experience melasma or pregnancy mask during pregnancy and the link between pregnancy and hormonal acne through to which ingredients and treatments are best avoided during pregnancy and whether or not there's a legitimate way to fade stretch marks. Based on the questions that were submitted, I thought we might start broad and then hone in a bit. So to start, what are some of the most common changes that women can see in their skin during pregnancy? I think the most common changes would be an increase in oil production leading to pimples and acne, particularly in the first and third trimesters. Pigmentation the mask of pregnancy as they call it or medically as we call it melasma and that can be on the face but also anywhere on the body particularly on the tummy and even on other sites a lot of women experience excessive hair growth or increased hair growth and i guess the old favorite of stretch marks Mm -hmm. um predominantly on the belly but also in other places and there seems to be an overabundance of lumps and bumps and skin tags and warts and moles and red dots so uh little growths we'll call that pregnancy sounds great fun fun. (laughs) what about during breastfeeding am i right in saying that those changes that we might see during pregnancy don't just disappear the second you give birth thankfully some do 
Uh-huh. A lot of the little growths that are spurred on by the hormones of the pregnancy will settle. So I often would recommend to patients perhaps waiting to see if they do, but there are plenty that don't. So, for instance, the pigmentation often doesn't settle. Mm-hmm. Um, the acne can settle, but often doesn't. Uh, but a lot of the growth type things will settle once the hormones have reduced down a little bit. One listener has asked, do your skin needs change with each trimester? Definitely. As I said, the hormones are most abundant or in high levels in the first trimester and in the final trimester. So that second trimester, we start to feel good. The skin also starts to feel a bit better, but then it all deteriorates again. So certainly the first and third, and that was my experience. The second trimester, I was pretty good. But at the start and the end seems to be when it's at its worst. I received messages from a number of women who aren't pregnant yet but are planning. One listener has asked, is there anything that I can do pre-pregnancy to prepare my skin for any changes? I certainly would get any acne or congestion under control because what looks quite innocent on the skin at that stage can erupt when the hormones go nuts. So I would certainly get any of congestion and acne under control. Pigmentation, if you have existing pigmentation prior to pregnancy, it's a really good idea to get that under control with uh, things that you can use safely when you're not pregnant. And I would always start with a sunscreen as you're starting to, as you're trying to conceive, because you don't want to get any pigmentation that's more difficult to treat in pregnancy. On pigmentation, that was definitely the skin change that popped up the most when people were submitting questions. Why is it that so many women suffer from melasma when they're pregnant? It's probably to do, I don't think we 100% know the answer to that, but the two main factors are probably hormones, which we know contribute to pigmentation, much like many women get melasma on the contraceptive pill. Mm-hmm. same even when they're not pregnant and also there's an increase in blood flow we understand now that melasma has a vascular component which is often why we treat it with the use of a vascular laser for example um, and we understand that in pregnancy obviously there's a high blood flow to all areas of the body and that probably also contributes to filling the melasma A listener has written in saying, I know that vitamin C is a great ingredient to fade pigmentation. Can I use vitamin C while I'm pregnant? Anyone who knows me would know that I don't like vitamin C that much (laughs) because I don't think it's a great ingredient. And the main reason for that, Gemma, you probably know well, is that it is very unstable and most formulations aren't made that well, therefore don't actually do what they say they're going to do in the skin. So in theory, yes, vitamin C is a wonderful ingredient, but I I wouldn't always guarantee that every formulation would actually have an effect on the skin. Having said that, it's extremely safe in pregnancy and I would definitely encourage its use if you found a formulation that would work. On that note, what ingredients must be avoided during pregnancy? It's a contentious issue and people read different things in different places. The problem with pregnancy is nobody's done the clinical trials. Mm -hmm. Nobody has got together a group of pregnant women and said, you all try topical vitamin A and you all, you are the 20 women. You don't try topical vitamin A. And let's let's see what happens at the end. Yeah. (laughs) No one's going to stick their hand up A to be part of that trial and no drug company or skincare company is going to perform that trial. So, so the answer to what's safe and what's not safe in pregnancy is people don't really know, but we go from first principles. We know that vitamin A, retinol, if given orally in pregnancy, potentially has what we call teratogenic effects, i.e. harmful effects on unborn babies. 
So we extrapolate that information and we say, right, well, we know orally we can't take it. Probably topically you shouldn't also use it. You would have to use it in gallons and gallons to get it absorbed to be a problem. But I guess the party line is we try to avoid definitely prescription grade retinol in pregnancy and high strengths of salicylic acid, which are also thought to be teratogenic or have um, effects on unborn babies. So they're the definite no-nos. I was going to ask if there are any ingredients that fall into a bit of a grey area, but I guess there's a lot because who's going to trial them? them? Yeah, Yeah, all of them fall into the grey area. (laughs) Another listener has asked, is chemical sunscreen safe during pregnancy? I've heard it might not be. That's also contentious. We know that chemical sunscreens are what we call endocrine disruptors. So I suggest, I, I suspect the listener is referring to that, where the overuse of chemical sunscreen that is absorbed into the skin and therefore potentially into the circulation can actually disrupt hormones. And this is actually more of a problem in the preconception phase. So if you're trying to get pregnant, particularly if you're doing IVF, et cetera, then it, it is thought you should try to avoid chemical sunscreens if you can. But the actual evidence in pregnancy is very slight, if any. And therefore, once you are pregnant, an endocrine disruptor is probably not going to be that much of an issue. And the pigmentation is likely to be an issue. So I would suggest using any sunscreen. And there's no evidence to suggest that chemical sunscreens are unsafe. Well, back to pigmentation and melasma. A few listeners have asked about laser treatments. One of them has asked, is laser the best course of action for my pregnancy mask? And if so, do I need to wait until I finish breastfeeding? Big no. Big Mm -hmm. no. So melasma, whether you're pregnant or you're not pregnant or you're breastfeeding, is usually not treated with laser. And the reason for this is that the laser generally heats the skin, excites the melanocytes, and increases pigmentation very often. So most dermatologists would agree that laser is not the gold standard for melasma. The best thing you can do for melasma in pregnancy pregnancy is keep it out of the sun. Mm -hmm. So using a sunscreen every single day and reapplying, particularly if you're pregnant over summer. And laser, as I said earlier in the um, piece, can be used but in very well-controlled melasma that has been controlled usually with a prescription hydroquinone. It's safe possibly then to do laser. Skincare, chemical peels are all much better options for treating melasma, and I would be comfortable, depending on the chemical peel, to do that in pregnancy. Great. Pre-pregnancy, is there anything that women can add into their skincare routine or treatments that they can start getting to help prevent pregnancy mask melasma? I'm assuming sunscreen is the number one. Yes, you'll hear me say that a lot, but definitely always sunscreen. The best pigment blockers or tyrosinase inhibitors, as we call them, so tyrosinase being the enzyme that creates pigmentation, if you can block the creation, that's really helpful. So there are well-known ingredients like niacinamide, vitamin B3, that are really helpful for that. Um, hydroxy acids can help a little bit and lactic acid would be safe in that pre-pregnancy stage. Um, retinol, if you use a very mild one, it's controversial as to whether you can use it when you're not pregnant and you're trying to get pregnant. I'm comfortable with people using a very low dose when they're not pregnant and you could use that, but you'd have to stop as soon as you knew you were pregnant. And chemical peels in the time before pregnancy are fantastic. They get a little bit deeper than skincare would and can help break up the pigmentation a little bit more effectively. 
you mentioned this at the beginning, but hormonal acne was another skin concern that a lot of women wrote in about. One listener asks, what can I use to treat hormonal acne while I'm pregnant? Are there any clinical treatments that I can get or do I need to wait until after I've given birth? It really depends on the type of acne that you have. So if you have pustular sort of acne, then it's very safe to use topical antibiotics that you'd need a prescription for and gentle spot treatments. But if you had what I had, which was really sort of almost cystic, but under the skin congested acne on my face, my neck, my chest, my back in places I never had it before. Oh, how fun. Then, yeah, delightful. Mm. Um, it was, I needed to get extractions literally every two weeks. So it was the only way to keep on top of my breakouts. Once I had the extractions of the congestion, that stopped the breakouts. And then I would have spot treatment with safe alpha hydroxy type acids. I imagine that there will be a bit of an overlap between this answer and the last, but another listener has asked, she says, please help. My acne is so bad on my jaw, my hairline, my cheeks, as well as my back and chest. I'm 14 weeks pregnant. What can I do? Ugh, that's, I, I hear you. Chemical <laughs> peels and extractions and um, spot treatments is the only way to get through that. Um, LED light is safe sort of chest and up above. Um, for anti-inflammatory um, laser you you could do to spot to sort of spot um, nasty ones and if they're really big and cystic then we would suggest an injection of cortisone the doctor or dermatologist of course um, stretch marks featured a lot in the most frequently asked questions no surprises there a broad question but what actually are stretch marks stretch marks is just a damage to the dermal collagen so basically the collagen in your belly particularly is disrupted by the stretching process and you can see the skin looks thinner there and the collagen has become stretched. So basically they start off quite red. There's a little bit of inflammation that's occurring as the collagen is being stretched and then they become quite white once that sort of stretching inflammatory process has settled. And it usually starts around the 24th week of pregnancy and it can affect up to 80% of women. Hmm. A listener asks, is there anything I can do to prevent stretch marks ahead of time? I, in the first trimester of my pregnancy, started to use massage and silicon mm -hmm. gel. There are some studies that have been done with lots of different topicals and lasers, etc. But the, re the only thing that's probably proven to work is massage, um, which with or without a silicon gel, which I, I did use, but it's probably the massage. In fact, they did a big study and they got, people, they got some pregnant women to uh, massage and some women to massage with a silicon gel. And both, both groups had reduction in stretch marks. So it's clear oh. that really massage is the main thing. And the skin becomes very dry in pregnancy, extremely dry. And this is when we would normally suggest that women switch to a soap substitute and moisturize. So just purely moisturizing your skin and massaging it is probably the best prevention. And also have a small baby. Oh, perfect. That's great and advice. have a baby when you're older because when you're younger and your collagen isn't as stretchy, then you don't stretch as much. Oh, well, I'll remember the second part just of that. Just remember that's, the second part, yes. That's helpful. <laughs> there will be another overlap here, but it's it's kind of comforting, I think, that a lot of the same questions popped up. A listener has asked, can topical products really help with stretch marks or do I need to wait until it's safe for me to have laser? I, I, look, 
a jury is out. As I said, it's a massage and you can't, silicon gel is the only other thing that's been studied that could be worth trying. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, laser postpartum to control the redness and also laser um, to contract the collagen and help rebuild that stretched collagen. This is a big one, but a listener asks, how do lasers actually work to fade things like stretch marks? I want to get them treated, but would love to know what I'm actually signing up for. That's a very good question. Um, as, as I mentioned, there's the two phases of stretch marks. There's the red phase and then they go white. So basically when they're red, that means that there's inflammation, there's increased blood flow, the blood vessels have increased in the area. So a redness laser can really help at reducing down that redness. Some of the redness will fade with time postpartum, but laser can a, a vascular laser can certainly assist in the resolution of the redness. Once the redness is gone and it's just white and the skin looks a bit feels a bit thin and looks a bit stretched, then it's a case of getting that collagen that got really stretched during the pregnancy to contract back down. And most lasers, by creating heat in the skin and being fired at the skin and having energy applied to the skin, will cause a contraction in the collagen, which is why we use them for anti-aging. You know, it contracts collagen and makes new collagen. So, so basically what you're doing is you're improving the colour and then you're improving the texture and rejuvenating the collagen. Anti-aging was a subject that popped up a bit, I think, because a lot of anti-aging solutions are kind of no-goes or grey areas during pregnancy. A listener has asked, can you get filler while pregnant? I've heard and read mixed opinions. It's a, a really good question. So theoretically, filler should be safe in pregnancy because all it contains is hyaluronic acid, which is what we naturally produce, and if you would be able to put hyaluronic acid topically onto your skin in pregnancy, plus lignocaine, which is a form of local anaesthetic, which is often administered at the time of a cesarean, for example, for localised pain relief. So in theory, the answer is it should be safe. However, as I mentioned earlier, no one has done the clinical trial so it's very much up to the injector and most injectors and most companies that produce the fillers would say no. Mm-hmm. Another listener asks, are at-home LED devices safe for pregnancy? I don't want to get Botox, but I do want to do some maintenance help. Uh, I don't have a problem with home LED devices so long as they're calibrated correctly and you know what you're getting and you don't overdo it. The one thing to say about that, though, is there is a little bit of heat and if you get a particularly strong one, and some people's melasma can be quite excited by LED. Certainly mine was, and that could worsen melasma and increase erythema or redness in the skin. As you've mentioned, retinol is it's advised that it's avoided during pregnancy. So a number of listeners have asked about retinol alternatives. Bacuchiol in particular was one that popped up a bit. What would you recommend? Again, the science has not been done nor have the clinical trials. So theoretically, you would expect that would be safe, but there are a lot of botanicals that do have effects um, more than skin deep. So probably the best answer is to avoid, but in small amounts is probably okay. There were a few more changes that popped up, one being dermatitis. A listener says, I've copped a bit of perioral dermatitis during my pregnancy, so I'm really rashy around my mouth and nose. Any tips? it's classic for perioral dermatitis to worsen in pregnancy and I think it's hormonal and the stress of the pregnancy and the lack of sleep and the not feeling so well the best thing very little you can do in terms of medical treatment because a lot of it's contraindicated in pregnancy but avoiding all active ingredients in that area 
and using an anti-inflammatory moisturizer that you could like a chemist gray's anti-inflammatory moisturizer is pretty much all you can do and sometimes just stopping active ingredients in the area can assist then if it's not settling and it's worsening and it's bothering you then you would need to seek medical help the fact that she'd be wearing a mask as we're recording this is probably not helping things as well no definitely not Mm. The mouth and the nose area are really copping it at the moment. Another listener has said moles and skin tags, they've popped up everywhere. Will they go away on their own? If not, are they best treated in clinic? Uh, yes and yes. So yeah. a lot will a lot will settle with time and I always advise women to wait until a couple of months after they've delivered to see what settles. The best way to treat them is in clinic because often they need a tiny little procedure where we would inject some local anaesthetic and snip them or cut them or remove them in some way. Yes. A nice note to wrap up on. One listener has written in saying, I'm newly pregnant. What is your top piece of advice around the skin that you could give me? Well, you know, I'm going to say sunscreen. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But apart from that, I would I would really encourage moisturising, massaging and moisturising the whole body. It'll prevent eczema, it'll prevent breakouts, it'll hopefully prevent stretch marks and it's a very simple thing to do and I think getting a good quality thick moisturiser all over the body every day is, is a great idea. That was Dr Alice Rudd, dermatologist and founder of Skin Depth Dermatology who you can find on Instagram at Skin Depth Dermatology. You can discover more about Candela Medical at candelamedical.com forward slash au or on Instagram at candelamedicalanz. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.